Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. Welcome back to the tiny room. I'm the Michael of one of the hosts of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined by the man who wants his mummy. It's Benjamin. I do. I do. I'm such a lonely boy in the big city. It's terrible. You're not in the big city, Ben. You're in the suburbs. I can see you. I can see your your green and vibrant garden behind you there. I know. It's a lovely garden, isn't it? It's a lovely garden. So green and vibrant, not unlike the fertile crescent of, of, of the Nile. Yes, just like the banks of the Nile, which nurtured an entire civilization for many a year. Uh, Benjamin, what uh, what does um, what does your uh, your opinion of the popularity of this very podcast that we're recording and an Egyptian crocodile? What do they have in common? They're both living in the Nile. Time for the time for the theme music, Ben. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. Very good. One of the best intros. Benjamin. (laughs) Yeah. You know the old saying, Ben? There's an old saying that goes around, Ben. And the saying is, what goes around comes around. That saying, though, is less relevant to what we're doing. What I was thinking of, Ben, was the old phrase, the old saying, no news is good news. (laughs) Michael, we here at the podcast live by that particular phrase. Oh, no news is good news. Benjamin, there's no news this week. There's nothing. There's (laughs) nothing. Nothing. Pure nothing. nothing. Pure, uh, pure, purified, condensed, distilled nothing. Yeah, we've been sitting here, Michael, twiddling our podcast thumbs because there ain't nothing happening. There's nothing, Ben. There's nothing. Um, If you go on any of the, the, you know, your regular old comic book news site, the only thing that's really going on is that Brian Singer, Ben, it turns out he's a bit of a prick. Well, I thought we knew that already. Was that not already hinted at heavily? Yeah, he's kind of a prick, and he's consistently been a prick, Michael. As they say in Egypt, a bloody yeah. Nile crocodile can't change its spots, Michael. Did they say that? Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Nile crocodiles famously have the Spotters. exact same print as a leopard. Yeah, um, they're leopards you're thinking of, Ben. That was just a leopard having a swim that ah, you saw that time. Remember ah. that time we were in Egypt, Ben? We saw a leopard and he was having a swim. That's what happened there. Yep. And that's... you went, Mick, that's one of the famous Nile crocodiles. And I said, it isn't, Ben. It's a leopard and he's having a little swim. That was our first <laughs> ever Orientalist podcast, Two Pricks in a Pyramid. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> um, Michael, because we had absolutely nothing to do this week. I actually had Nothing, to... Ben. Absolutely nothing. I actually had time to do a little bit of reading. Actually, reading, Ben, a, a comic, reading. I assume. Uh, no, not a comic, Michael. You assume incorrectly right. for a change. A magazine. No, not a magazine, Michael. Not a magazine. Would you like to guess again to fill some more time? Comic, a magazine. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> a brochure, Ben. A brochure. Yes, for... a brochure for our travels to Egypt. Um, <clears throat> no, what I took a look at this week, Michael, was Lovecraft Country. The That's a television series, Benjamin. It is. Well, it's to be a television series, Michael. But before it was a television series, it was a book yes. by one Matt oh. Ruff, published in 2016. That's mad, isn't it, Ben? Imagine in this day and age, the books that are published in 2016 are TV shows only a couple of years later. And Michael, oh my goodness, has yes. HBO hit a g- g- gold mine with this one. Right, go on. Michael, as you know, the world, especially America at the moment, is in a little bit of a um, an uproar regarding certain rights for certain people and yeah, certain racial uh, TikTok prejudices. Users are, TikTok users, I think you mean. Yes, uh, President Trump's going to take it away from the, from the young people. No more TikTok for you, young people. Oh, you can't be trusted. Less, less of expressing your free will and rights and uh, get rid of that TikTok. We're not here to discuss the uh, the disruptive technology issued possibly by China to spy on just about every human being on the planet, Michael. What we're actually going to take a look at is the uh, racial tension around the George Floyd killings. Michael, it, it's... It was Floyd George, wasn't it? No, it was George Floyd. Was it? It was definitely George Floyd. This is not something you want to get wrong. (laughs) It's George Floyd. My head got twisted. (laughs) Okay. All right. There's a a mural around the corner from your house if you'd like to check. I know. I can see it from the back window. (laughs) Have a quick look out there and take a look. No, no, I believe you. I believe you. It's got twisted the other way around in my head. That's funny. That's weird. One of the interesting things here, Michael, is that this is oddly timely as a novel, despite being published in 2016. And it's odd that this series was made before the George Floyd issues. Because, ooh-wee, Michael, Go is it going to play a huge role? Is it going to comment on all of that? So, 
it follows uh, a family and their dealings with kind of a sinister cabal of oh ben you love a sinister cabal love a sinister cabal michael an ancient order of of natural philosophy and it's just alchemy by any other name michael but it's wizards they're wizards they're they're bad wizards they're crusty old white wizards they're racist wizards racist wizards is that something to do, Ben, with the fact that the leader of the Ku Klux Klan is called a wizard? So I think it's probably feeding a lot into that, Michael. But when when I say, Michael, this is one of the most enjoyable books that I have read in a very long time. I yes. am not kidding. So it's an anthology series. Each character from this family gets their own kind of mini novella within the overall story. And Is that right? Yes, they do. They do. And it's about this uh, family of... Uh, black people in 1954 not a great time in the middle of Jim Crow laws and yeah. all of the uh, terrible terrible things and Michael do you remember the terrible 2019 film Green Book no it was all about a black man who has to be escorted around the south to do a classical music tour by none other by none yeah. other than that lad who played Aragorn whose name has just completely floated out of my brain Vigo Mortensen yeah it's very good playing a wise guy Italian gangster for some reason anyway it's called Green Book because there was once upon a time Michael during the Jim Crow time uh, a small book that you could read as a person of colour and it would point you in the direction of all the safe places you could go where you wouldn't get lynched if you stayed overnight Um, and the premise is that Atticus Turner, who's uh, one of the main characters, he works for his Atticus uncle George. Finch. I think there's a little nod to that in there uh, as we go along, Michael. He works for the uh, the Negro Safe Travel Guide. That's what it's oh. called, and it's the one that it it's the guidebook that um, helps black people navigate America at that time and find places to stay and holiday and things like that in 1954. Anyway, Michael. Yes. All of these things kind of tie together and there's a real heavy emphasis on slave owning and lineage and and a lot of the a lot of the difficulties that black people went through in America both before and after this time. And there's a huge Lovecraftian element as you may have guessed, Michael, the 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 opening story or the the Did fr- you say Benjamin a huge Lovecraftian elephant? Elephant. Like yes. it's got there's it's got tr- like eight trunks. Eight trunks. Arranging a star around its head. Bunch of lads with hoods keep following it around. It's real weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, Dumbo. Yeah. Dumbo is a pretty Lovecraftian elephant, isn't he? <laughs> he can fly. There's a Lovecraftian yeah, element. Yeah, yeah. That. See? Definitely. See? He's, he's a beast from outer space. Also, there's Go some on, sorry, racist sorry. crows. So, you know, very oh, Lovecraftian. Good, yeah. Very Lovecraftian. Dumbo's is the first Lovecraftian film. <laughs> We're going to have to do an episode on that now. That's the name of my thesis. We're going to have to do an episode on that now. Anywho, yes. our opening story involves Atticus Turner, his uncle George, Letitia, who, who are the central trio that you see in the, the ad for the TV series. Right. And they have to track Played down... Played by Journey Smollett-Bell. Yes, exactly. Uh, and they have to track down Atticus's father, who's kind of been kidnapped, kind of been coerced by the mysterious Braithwaite family in Devon County. Oh, they don't sound great. And they're a, basically a bunch of, of ancient natural philosophers. They're an old money family. They're, the whole nine yards, Michael. And ooh-wee, do things get strange from there on out. They sound like the worst, Ben. Yeah, they are. They are, Michael. Get rid of them. And the this kind of wizardry national uh, na- national philosophy, ooh, uh, very poignant, uh, natural philosophy is kind of a codec for old white money and old white oh, yeah, power yeah. against yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah 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 but yeah, yeah. it's written very that well michael suffice to say as you may have guessed from my review there's no real monsters the real monster is racism oh is there no real monsters i ah, know there are real monsters as well yeah. oh good no, no, don't oh, worry good as well. there's, good. there's plenty of magic and real monsters and, and all that kind of stuff as well but really michael really, but yeah, really the real, the real monsters were us the real monsters were the white folk all along and not us fairness, you and i, I brian singer Oh, there's one of the most interesting things about this, Michael, is that Matt Ruff is not a black man. Oh, Matt Ruff is a white man, and yet the novel is written incredibly well. Is it now? It, well, to my mind, it is, and I took a while. I had to go through a couple of reviews here, Michael, to figure this out because maybe it was just my own racial prejudice being like, "This is fine. This is mm. fine. 
This is fine. Yeah, this is fine. But it seems this is to be exactly how I imagine black people from the fifties <laughs> America think. It seems to be yes a relatively restrained depiction of black culture in 1954 now by no means is it perfect michael there's a couple of liberties taken with vernacular and you know certain things like that but it's a very well written book michael centralized around this family thoroughly enjoyable and i for one cannot wait to see the bloody series now Oh, that's very good. That's very exciting. Do you think I should read it, Ben? I do think you should read it, Michael. Mainly because mm. you yourself are part of an ancient natural order uh, obsessed with the occult and the foreign and the strange. Um, and it might be a nice little depiction of the people that you know. Yeah, I'm not, though, just in case anyone's... Uh, <laughs> no, that was a joke. Any- Sorry, that was it. Uh, just that was in a case joke. anyone's listening, I'm not in any racist organization. <laughs> jo- no, they're not a racist organization, Michael. Not all of them. Oh, okay. Not well, all of them. I mean, racism isn't their goal. It just, yeah, they just happen to be in Jim Crow America. So the goal, the goal isn't racism. No. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're not racist. We're just pro-Irish. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. That's fine then. That's fine. I can not see why. Like, As we listen to the it. Grand Wizard Gemma O'Doherty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We should write a book where yeah. Gemma O'Doherty turns out to be a Chitulu. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> Just a completely out of touch, batshit crazy Chitulu. Yeah, and she's like, ah, I come from Rilith beneath the sea. Gem-tulu. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm <laughs> not wearing a mask. They won't it, cover it, my tendrils. It, it messes up my tendrils. It's uncomfortable for my tendrils. Anyway, this is getting a bit political, Benjamin. Speaking yes, well, of things uh, which are not political, Ben. Go on. I've done your setup there for the next thing. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the next thing? You said there was a next thing. Remember you said, that? oh, I've got a sweet segue. Wait and you see. Oh, yeah. So from... from <laughs> It's been ruined. Sorry. Yeah. Mm, sorry. Let me go again. Let me go again. <laughs> My apologies. So from one set of crusty old white men obsessed with Orientalism and strange magics and stuff like that to the next set of crusty old white oh, men obsessed good, with yeah. Orientalism and natural magic and stuff like that. Yeah. Michael, we had a yes. bloody listener's letter. Yeah, well, I mean, it was from a very good friend of the podcast, Ben, and regular contributor, the original grand glamour. Uh, I can't speak English today. The original glamorous lady of podcasting herself. It was Rachel. OG Glop, baby. She was the OG gra- glamorous Glop, Ben. So look, I'll, do you want me to read it? Go on, give it an L read there. Yeah, yeah. It says here, Ben, uh, I'll do it in Rachel's voice. I'd Hello. Like the theatrical. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Hello, this is Rachel speaking now. Hello, everybody. I would love a Mick and Ben about Egyptian representations and myths in pop culture, by the way. I read an article there recently about the removal of statues from the Shelburne and thought that's something Mick and Ben would probably like to go on about. That's highly accurate. I mean, there have been several episodes with Rachel where you can check the veracity of that, Im- that impression. Uh, well, I wouldn't be waiting for another episode where you can check the veracity because she's never coming on the podcast again after that. Well, we don't need her. We don't need her is what we've discovered, Ben, because I can fill in for her perfectly. So, Michael, there's, there's been a bit of news in the old Dublin town yeah. this week. That's where, that's where I live, our attention. There's a, a rather famous hotel here, Michael, called the Shelburne. Yes. It's a big fancy hotel. It's a big fancy hotel for people with lots of money. For big fancy people. Big fancy rich people, Ben. We don't go there. We don't go there because it we stay in our right on out. <laughs> we stay in our suburban houses. So, Michael, if you passed outside the Shelburne mm-hmm. in the last 25 years, 30 years, have, or yeah, even before then, you would have seen some rather unusual statues hanging around outside the Shelburne. Uh, right. The statues are of two Egyptian goddesses and two slave girls. And those have mm. connotations all their own, Michael. They're holding up lamps. Yeah. Um, and there's... Uh, well, it's just they're perfectly strange statues, Michael. They're on, weird. They have an Egyptian theme to them, uh, yeah. for the purpose of basically the fact that they were constructed in the Victorian era when Egyptomania was all the rage. Egypt was so cool back then. Egypt was so cool back then, and we'll get into that a little bit later, Michael. But recently, it's been mm-hmm. discovered that they were removed quietly by the Shelburne. Isn't that interesting, Ben? They were probably worried that people would conflate ancient Egyptian slavery with American slavery from the last couple of centuries. Or perhaps other depictions of people of colour. So they they decided to do this. But Michael... Yes? It's come under a little bit of fire because uh, Dublin has an awful lot of rules about what you can and can't do to their protected buildings. And one of those protected buildings is the Shelburne. 
Yeah, you can't just decide, Ben. You can't just decide yourself I'm taking these statues down. Yeah, you don't get to do that here, Michael. You don't get to buy a grand old Georgian townhouse and paint it pink. That's not no. how it works. Uh, there can't are quite a few it. rules about what you can and can't do to these. You may maintain them to the level where they stay structurally sound. You may change a little bit about the interior here and there. But, Michael, the facade is certainly not to be touched or altered too much in any way whatsoever. Who are you telling, Ben? Yeah, well, look who I'm telling, Michael. And we'll get to that in another podcast in another day. But Dublin Council has now said, sorry, lads, where are the statues? Where are the nubile young ladies? What have you done with them? Where have you put them? Bring them back. How about we get those back now? And the Shelburne's gone, oh, I don't know if it's the right climate, lads. Mm. I don't know if it's the right climate. So in quietly trying to take these away, Michael, the Shelburne seems to have drawn an awful lot more attention to itself than it would have bloody liked. Interesting, Ben. Do you think, and you know, it's mad, it's folly, Ben. It's it's complete madness to think about other people's motivations. But do you think that they're taking them down because they want to do the right thing? Or do you think they're taking them down to protect them in case someone just takes issue with them and pulls them down? No, they're trying to beat uh, what would inevitably be a, a PR disaster. I Do you suppose. think? Um, I'm not sure Irish people would take it in the same breath as we would. I mean, um, as you know, Michael, Dat America and Ireland are two very different societies. Two, two entirely different, different cultures, Ben. Two entirely different countries, in fact. However, yes. However, it does seem yes. that outrage and sweeping actions have been popular of late and perhaps they thought oh well we don't want anybody tearing them down perhaps those bloody tiktok i blame tiktok ben um i i just blame society in general michael it's I all gone to pot i don't know if i blame tiktok or jimmer doherty more where does that put me on the political spectrum ben if i if i if i blame both tiktok and jimmer doherty are you confused uh, Politically confused, I think it puts You're me, a fascist it? snowflake, I think. Oh, very good, okay. Political. Yeah, I, I once again, I'm not. A fascist snowflake. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a member of any societies. <laughs> no, we are joking, ladies and gentlemen. That's just very, very clear. Uh, <laughs> just to be very, very clear. No, it's interesting. It's a little presumptive of them to think that that kind of thing might happen. Well, Ben, we don't know. That's why they have taken it down. They may have taken it down. We don't know. They could decision. be getting scrubbed. They could yeah. be getting cleaned. It's their, it's, it's, it's their own decision, Ben. Anyway, what has that led us to talk about this week? So anyway, Michael, as as Rachel pointed out, she'd like to hear us talk about something other than Greek and Roman mythology, which seems to pop up quite a lot for us. We're always going on she about asked, it. She asked us to take a look at the bloody Egyptian mythology culture and representation in film, Michael. Mm, yes, delicious. Nom, 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 now, nom. As, I, as I said to you, Michael, one of the tricky things for us is that neither of us is Egyptian. No, not even slightly. I don't know if you've noticed that. And despite having spent many, many years in Egypt on our other podcast, Two Pricks in a Pyramid, yeah. uh, we aren't really born there and we can't really understand that outlook. So what we've decided to focus on, Michael, is more or less Western perception of Egyptian culture and how that's influenced in our media. Mm, I just watched some films. Is that what you mean? You, yeah, you just watched some films, Michael, and I did a little bit of reading. I did a little bit of reading on You and your things. magazines. You're always oh, in your magazines. It. Love a magazine, Michael. Love a magazine. Mm. So we, we delved into a few different things, Michael, and there's been a whole bunch of stuff. But we should probably look at where this all comes from, Michael. Egypt, yeah, um, it's Egypt. Because especially in UK culture or English uh, Victorian society, it was all the rage, Michael. Mm. Having the old Egyptians just, just in every bit of fiction they could lay their hands on. And that all kind of came from way, way back, Michael. Yeah. Way, way back, and I have yeah. the date here, just to the make sure I have it. In 1798, when Napoleon started his campaign on Egypt. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is fascinating. Do go on. Yeah, so anyway. Um, ben, sorry there. A... Sorry for one second. When I say do go on, I do mean do go on, but I am going to keep interrupting you and trying to right. disrupt you. But do, but no, do go fine. on, though. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah, so yeah, in 1798, yeah. Napoleon began his Egyptian campaign, whereupon he tried to, to kind of take over all of Egypt and yeah. do the whole shebang for, you know... For France. For France, yeah, little French. That's fella, what Napoleon yeah. did every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And uh, with with that opening of the floodgates, I suppose, came a whole bunch of colonial people going, oh, well, if they're having some, I'll have some too. Oh, yes, let's all go to Egypt and get some stuff. And then, well, lo and behold, Michael, all of the museums here in the UK and France filled up with stuff that wasn't theirs. Mm. <laughs> and that was done with a lot of tomb pilfering and nicking and stealing and... Uh. A, a bit of Indiana Jonesing, a bit of Lara Crofting. Uh, yes, but without the abs. Yeah. Who it's has abs? Harrison Ford has never had abs. 
Lara Croft. Oh, There's Lara Croft has some abs. She yeah. definitely had abs at some point. Spiky polygonal abs. <laughs> mm, the stuff that 90s teenage boys' dreams were made of. Num, num, num. Mangles. <laughs> so, anyway. Yes. Uh, this began something that is now dubbed Egyptomania. Yeah. And Egyptomania was kind of the push of upper class British people towards buying, curing, uh, no, acquiring. Sorry, curing is not a word. You've made up uh, a new word. Acquiring uh, anything they could get their hands on that would be at all deemed Egyptian. It could be mm. tangentially Egyptian, like a rug that was got in Iraq, but they would then buy it, put it in their house, and say, "Well, that's an Egyptian rug." Oh yes, and they'd it's be like, the same, oh, "Iraq is in Egypt." And it's all the same. Don't be silly. So that led to the kind of the rise of Egyptomania, and that led to a a form of culture which is the, the Middle East and Africa through the British lens, which then became known as Orientalism mm. a little bit later on. One of your favourites. Yeah, I love Orientalism. Edward Said, go pick up his book. Really interesting book. Magic Carpets, of, Benjamin. Magic Carpet Rides all around. Yeah. And that's exactly right, Michael, because what happened with Orientalism Don't you dare is... close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, Latin, exactly. Oh, we'll get to that, Michael. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. Oh, we will, will we? Don't you worry. One of the interesting things that came out of Orientalism... Not if I keep interrupting you, we won't... Is, is that Egypt, the East in general, became this kind of bastion of ancient magic and culture mm. and the strange per- and mysterious curses. and, ooh, you know, the backwards primitive worship of deities and stuff like that. Yes, 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 I'm and familiar it, with them. It, it's really interesting, Michael, because when it was initially kind of, when that plundering all took place, hieroglyphs, pyramids, sphinxes, that kind of thing, these were completely undecipherable to the Western eye and it became a huge conspiracy theory that Egypt was kind of the cradle of all civilizations. That yeah. The pyramids were somehow an ancient civilization that predated the Romans and the Greeks and they the were influenced by that and the Atlanteans. And only later, Michael, did we find out that, well, while Egypt certainly did have some influence on Rome and Greece, it wasn't almighty and earth shattering and... All that kind of thing. So th- this kind of skewed perception of Egypt is what we're going to be looking at today because it has persisted, Michael. In fact, there's a famous trope that's called Egypt is still ancient. And even today, when we look at depictions of Egypt on the televisual box, they're always running around the pyramids. They're, they're always running around the pyramids because that's all Egyptians do. They just leg it around pyramids. Leg it around the pyramids and worship Ra. And Ra. <laughs> yes. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Michael. And to do that, we took a look at a little bit of different culture. Would you like to, would you like to tee off? Will I? Okay. Well, Benjamin, yeah. look, where will we start? Well, Benjamin, I think what is a bit, you know, what's a good place for us to start? Go on. Because, Benjamin, just as, despite what you've just said, just as Egypt and the Nile Crescent was undoubtedly the birthplace of civilization, Egypt was also the birthplace of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. It was, was it? Yes. Oh, it was. There you go. Yeah, it was. So, Benjamin, why don't you tell us, uh, because I've twisted it around on you, who even is Moon Knight? (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, Mark Spector was a down-on-his-luck mercenary who who couldn't catch a break. But thanks to one wacky Egyptian god, Hui, was he going to get his revenge? Exactly, Now, tune in every week to see Mark take on his latest foe. (laughs) Go on. Yeah, so uh, the M- Moonlight, obviously, his uh, his his patron god Benjamin. Unlike some of the other Marvel characters who are the gods themselves, Moonlight has the patron god of Konshu, or Konshu. Very good, yeah. and he's uh, he's some sort of moon chap. Ben, he's always doing moon <laughs> stuff. Moon chap is my new favorite thing. Yeah, so famously, Ben, and you know this is a bit of a derogatory term to say about the character who launched our podcast for us, but Moonlight is basically an Egyptian themed Batman. Yes, that's fair. It's if you were having Batman, but you didn't want to do Batman, so you can't throw batarangs. You can throw moonarangs. Yep. And if you don't Moon. want to have a, if you don't want to have a bat staff, you have an ank staff. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It's classic. So yeah. So um, Moonlight is probably the most preval- prominent Egyptian-themed superhero. Hilariously, he's not Egyptian. He's American, of course. But you know, representation isn't always what it is now, Ben. And. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Fair. In recent times, Benjamin, the Egyptian, like you could read large parts of Moon Knight's comics without ever worrying about the fact that it's an Egyptian thing. 
Yeah. Because he, he's in Chicago and he's punching a man in the head. You know, he's giving him a sock in the jaw. Not everything is super Egyptian. But recent runs, Ben, have um, leaned more into the Egyptianness. So you've got lots of appearances of gods with animal heads. Classics. You know, the classic Egyptian, there's a man, he's got the body of a man, but the head of a weird animal thing. And you've got loads of those appearing in later Moon Knight runs. Stacks. In the current run of Avengers, Ben, Moon Knight, with the with the help of Khonshu, is um, stealing all the objects of power from people. He stole the Iron Fist from Danny Rand. What? He stole, Yeah, he stole it. He stole... Um, what else did he steal? He stole something from Doctor Strange. He stole Mjolnir from Thor. Get out of town. Because he claimed that the, the Uru metal was from a moon. And so he has dominion over the moon now? So he has dominion over the moon, apparently, allegedly. You know, he has dominion over all moons. Get to fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. So anyway, yeah, Moon Knight is probably the most prominent Egyptian myth-themed comic book character, I would say. Unless you can disprove me. Well, funnily enough, Michael, he's one of the few in the, the Marvel Universe, as far as I know, but... DC have had a bit of an Egyptomania fetish for quite a while. Oh, go on. There's a, there's a few DC characters that are just 100% from Egypt. It's just So Blue Beetle, especially in his current incarnation, he has the scarab Yeah, that was found oh, in the sands quite, of Egypt. And that's quite Egyptian. Very Egyptian. Dr. Fate is fully Egyptian. Oh, of course, the helmet of Nabu. The helmet of Nabu, uh, which is <laughs> the, the Lord of Order. <laughs> I said that wrong on purpose. I yes, I know. Nabu's helmet. Podcast. Very yeah. funny, Michael. Very funny. Yes, so, yes, yes. his origin story is actually that his father was an explorer. Right. Called uh, something Hall. I can't remember. I think he's Hector Hall. So, his father was an explorer called Hall, anyway. And he was exploring the pyramids when he came across the depiction of Nabu, who was one of the few white statues in the entire pyramid. Oh, good. He's, well, he's a white guy him... with blonde hair and a goatee. Probably makes him trustworthy, yeah. Very trustworthy. You can trust white people. Can't trust those, can't trust those tan Egyptians. Those Egyptian Egyptians, babies. yeah. Keep an eye on those, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> ben, have I ever told you about the secret race. society I'm a member of? Perhaps you'd like to join. <laughs> We're done after this one. This is the end of us. Uh, this is the end of us. So he has that whole um, history there, and his powers are largely derived from that. And then Black Adam is who's a huge of kind of course he is character. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Black Adam is Egyptian in the sense that he's from the country of Egypt. But, yes, but doesn't he get his powers from the Greek gods? Yeah, apparently. That doesn't make uh, as, any sense, Ben. As now you that said, we're Michael, talking about it. Yeah. As you now said that, before, Michael. <laughs> representation that, isn't what it was. Now that we're talking about this out loud, Black Adam is ridiculous. <laughs> Why doesn't he get his powers from the from the Egyptian gods? Also, Black Adam is a dodgy name to give a lad from Egypt. <laughs> he's not, yeah. I mean, it's, what's, it's, well, he's Black Adam because he wears black, not because he is black. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, well, no, I'm not. I'm actually happier with that than naming every black character black something. I'm black not, Lightning? Yeah, Black Lightning, Black Panther. It's grand. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I actually, it's fine. He's called Black something because he wears black. I'm always surprised that Steel wasn't just Black Steel. Black Superman. Black, black Superman. Um, um, where are we going? Go on. Where, what are we talked about? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they are Egyptian, aren't they? Yeah. But, uh, well, not, but not te- really. technically they're DC's Egyptian. So Kandak is the the kingdom that's kind of Egyptian in DC's ah, modern representation because DC doesn't like to do real countries mm. in the same way that Marvel does. Marvel has your New York, your Dublin, your London, your... your yeah, but it also has your Sokovia and your Latveria. And yeah, I mean, it's got some sneaky things in there as well. They like but making up a fake one. Generally speaking, DC likes to do their own thing aren't so, the the hawk people as well a little bit egyptian themed yeah so carter hall ah that's who i was mixing it up with he's not hall at all he's hector i can't remember what he is now so dr fade is something else he's not hall but carter hall is mm. hawkman and shaira yeah. hall is hawk girl and they're reincarnated egyptian pharaohs of course they are ben everyone's always yeah. reincarnated egyptian pharaohs benjamin uh, go on yeah go on no, you go on no, I will then. Benjamin, I 
suffered through quite a lot this week, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. Didn't DC have a character called Isis? Wasn't there an Isis and uh, she was uh, like an Egyptian god lady? Yeah, so it's Black Adam's uh, dead wife. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Black Wasn't Adam's Wasn't there a TV show, though, in the, in the 70s? Yeah, so she was a Shazam, Captain Marvel adjacent yeah. person. And similar I, thing, she said the magic word. I'm only familiar with her because didn't Lois Lane or possibly Lana Lang briefly become her in Smallville in an episode? Oh, she did. She was possessed by ISIS and then it became very, very risky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only just remembered that now. We probably should have watched that episode. Uh, Benjamin. Well, go on. Yeah, go on. Should I go through the gods? Do you want me to go through the gods? All right. Because ISIS is a god. All right. She's a goddess in, in this fiction. So before we go any further, we should probably take a look at, at where a lot of this comes from, ladies and gentlemen. So there are <clears throat> ostensibly. Oh, that's very not how good. you use that word. Never mind. No. But I mean, it's a big um, word, so people won't know. There are seven major players in uh, Egyptian mythology and those are Ra, Bastet, Thoth, Thoth. That's an Thoth. internet slut, Ben, you're thinking of. No, no, that's a Thoth. You're right. This is Thoth. Right. That sounds Isis, the same. Osiris. Isis is Horus. a terrorist organization, Ben. What are you talking Horus. about? <laughs> yeah. Horus, have you said? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we got Horus, Thoth and Isis. Okay, good. Well, this is um, going to definitely get us blacklisted. Uh, we're definitely going to be put into a bad algorithm. Benjamin. So, yeah. Of course, Lady Gaga is one of Ra's most popular uh, earthly followers these days. Is she? she yeah, because she's always gone, Ura, Ura, Ra. Oh, you are such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I bring all the best jokes, Ben. That's why I'm on the you podcast. You do. That's why you're here. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, go on. What do you think of the whole concept that the ancient Egyptian gods and pharaohs were actually aliens? I'm not a fan. I think it... Who's there, Ben? I, sorry, someone my there. father is trying to get my attention in the corner. <laughs> what does he want? He's trying, to, he's trying to cook for me, Michael. He's been oh, very kind. He cooking? Is he he cooking some... He's doing saucies. Uh, saucy, very good. Okay, you you wouldn't there get those in Egypt, Ben. You'd get probably some sort of couscous or something like that. Some kind of couscous, some kind of Middle Eastern. No, you wouldn't. God damn it, ah, ben, ah, I've been thrown ben, off Egypt my game. Egypt isn't in the Middle East. No, ben. I it's know. In Africa. What are you talking about? So, Benjamin. Anyway, um, as you know, Benjamin, it's a very popular theory in the popular culture that the ancient gods of ancient Egypt were um, were. Aliens who came down to Earth and built the pyramids and did all sorts of alien things. Man, what was that book called? Is that the book Caravan of the Gods? Is that what Chariot of the Gods? Chari- is Char- it- Chariot of the Gods. Is that what that was, Ben? So, Ben, I did you a favor, and I watched a film I watched only a couple of weeks ago. I rewatched Stargate again. Oh, good man. Because I'm always watching Stargate. He you can't stop me. I love a bit yeah. of Stargate, Ben. Yeah. And. I've been in the Stargate movie, uh, the the baddie, the alien, the guy from um, the Crying Game. He he plays Ra, your favorite Ra. character, Ra. Yeah, he plays Ra, god um, of the sun, the god of the sun, the king of the Egyptian gods. Ben, yes, Zeus. Uh, I, I suppose Zeus. Parallel. He's, he's a Zeus or Odin or he's the he's the big daddy. He's the all father character. But bizarrely, generally depicted a bit younger than the all fathers of other. He's, yeah, not he's, a, a, he's, a he's not a beardy sky lad. daddy. Say no, that again. He's, he's not a beardy sky. Oh, beardy sky daddy should go on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'll get one. Um, he's not, but he's not a beardy sky daddy. He, daddy, he's usually kind of young and sexy. Yeah, he's a young and sexy, felt young man. He's yeah, he's where it's at. So in in that movie, Ben, he is an alien, and Ra is an alien. But as you know, in the series. It turns out that the aliens are actually called the Gwauld, and all of the Egyptian gods, all the ones you've just mentioned, Ben, oh. end up in the series in various forms. Get out of town. Indeed. Probably the most interesting, Ben, was Thoth. Thoth. Because he turned out to be, uh, was it him? I think it was him. He turned out to be a rebel. He was, uh, he was secretly one of the Gwauld who didn't want to enslave humanity. That makes sense because he's the god of wisdom. He's the god of wisdom, exactly, Ben. He's got a bit of foresight on him. Yeah, and Ben, my favourite episode was when they met Hathor. Who's Hathor? Hathor is the Egyptian god S of love, fertility. Egyptians don't seem to be as... Egyptian gods don't seem to be as clearly defined as Greek or Roman or even 
Scandinavian Nordic gods. They're definitely not. <laughs> she's the goddess of everything. And They're sometimes very she's flexible. Sometimes she's people's wives and sometimes she's people's mothers, but she's the cow headed one. Oh yeah. Um, nothing says sexy to me like a cow headed woman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, cows are symbols of fecundity and fertility, Ben, so it makes sense. Um but anyway, she is the classic in the Stargate episode, she's a classic seductress type classic seductress so she comes oh, to stargate and she goes around seducing everyone sexy shimmy yeah she's played by <laughs> a, a very white american lady but you look it doesn't matter because in stargate they're aliens can i ask you a quick question yes does she secretly seduce people and nobody knows what's going on until daniel does a bit of research and he goes oh my god she's that goddess and she does this now i been think fooling us the whole time if i remember correctly daniel is one of the first people she gets oh she gets it she knew Exactly. So um, the picture. Every single Egyptian god or every <laughs> yeah, single character who's ever mentioned in Egyptian mythology shows up at some point in the ten seasons of Stargate SG One. Excellent. Yes, very good, very enjoyable. Excellent. Michael, what else did you have to suffer through this week? I suffered through, Ben, another bit of uh Egyptian mythology stealage in um 2016, I think, American-Australian co-production, Gods of Egypt. Starring your favourite actor and mine, Ben, Jerry B. Jerry B, in the place to be. He's he's the baddie, Ben. He's Set. You tell us who Set is. Set. Uh, Set is the god of the the underworld. Well, he's not the god of the underworld specifically. He's just a no. bit of a dick. He's the god um, of deserts, Ben. He's the god of deserts and being a prick. Yeah, deserts, desiccation. You know, drying stuff out, not having your crops do too well. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Just generally he's a real being a prick. Dick. There's a very Game of Thrones vibe that runs through a lot of Egyptian mythology, where it's like, oh, I'm going to get rid of Horus. I'm going to get rid of him. I'm going to take his place. Yeah, well, that's then, very interesting. You've said that, Ben, because in this film, Horus is played by Nikolai Costa-Walder. No way. Him from out of Game of Thrones, yeah. Him from out of Game of Thrones. Him from out of Game of Thrones. And they're always trying to, like, you know, do one over on each other and kind of get rid of each other. And uh, it's Mm. a whole whole thing, Michael. But, yeah, Seth is a bit of a dick. And Seth, famously, Benjamin, he has, you know, that most of them have animal representations, like Horus is a hawk. Yep. And uh, Hathor is a cow and Bastet or Bast is a she's a sexy lady cat. She um, should be the lady. She should be the seductress. I mean, come on. If we're... Uh, well, th- times have changed, Ben, is what I'm saying. Ah, um, OK. Cow lady would have been the sexiest superhero in, in the Egyptian <laughs> times. Um, and where was I going with that? What, what was uh, I saying? He, animal representation. Jerry animal B. Place to be. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because Seth Ben has famously... Even to this day, people don't know exactly what animal Seth is supposed to be. Oh, they haven't picked him out? I thought it was no. a crocodile-headed fella. No, that's you not know? Seth. That's, isn't crocodiles? Isn't that Thoth, I think? Oh, um, t- and jackals are Anubis. And, but yeah. Seth, Seth Ben is generally referred to as the Seth animal. Oh, yeah, it's just a kind of generic kind of thingamajiggy. And it's very hard to pin down what animal he is specifically. Oh, that's and he's good. played by a notorious Scottish person, Jerry B. But That's very accurate, isn't it? It's very accurate. Very accurate I mean, really. times. Um Hathor, Ben, your favourite character Hathor, is played by your favourite actress Elodie Young. Oh, I do like Elodie Young. Yeah, I know you do. And Ra, Ben, Lady Gaga's favourite uh, Egyptian god, Ura Ura yeah. Ra, is played by your favourite actor, uh I've forgotten his name. <laughs> oh no. What's his name? Rush. George Rush? Gregory Rush? Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush, thank you. <laughs> From Out of Pirates of the Caribbean, him. Yeah, I like it though, you went through all the G's, you were getting there. And yeah, you know. I was going, I was in the right direction. Um, <laughs> Old fun- Gregory Rush. <laughs> funnily enough, in this though, this Ra is uh, a Beardy Sky Daddy Ra. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm putting Beardy Sky Daddy on a t-shirt, I'm going to write that down now. <laughs> do it, do it very good. I just like that. Merch available in the bio. Uh... All right, it isn't, but, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks. Benjamin. Yeah, the, I'm still the, writing down Beardy Sky Daddy. Hang on. There we go. This film, Ben, yeah. is part of the triumvirate of let's make God, let, attempts to make God cool. Clash of the Titans. Cla- not Clash of the Titans, the other one. The Immortals, uh, is that what it was called? Oh, yeah, that was terrible. The Immortals were all the Greek gods were all shiny and, and gold. With scary, sexy lady, French lady. 
I don't know who that is. Yeah, uh, James Eva Green. Eva Green is she? Eva Green. No, she's not. She a, she was in Immortals, Immortals, is she? She is. Yeah, she's. Isn't she? Are you not thinking of 300? You're thinking of 301, the sequel to 300. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of, yes. Yeah, that that's exactly entirely what I'm different. Of. Oh, for um, God's sake. Anyway, this Ben is very influenced by that, by Thor. Right. Heavily influenced by Thor. Get out of town. Very, very heavily influenced by Thor. It's the visuals, Ben, are sumptuous. And it's got some very good concepts. Like, it, it, the, it has interesting depictions of gods. For example, Ben, they're all eight foot tall. What? They're between eight and ten foot tall. They're all way too big. And it's weird. And it looks weird. And I think it was a weird choice. Why did they do that? Is it just I to don't set know. Them apart from humans? Yeah, folk? to set them apart from the humans. But it leads to situations where Nicholas Costai Walder as um, Waldau, as Horace, teams up with a human boy called Beck. Not the musician Beck. A human boy called Beck, who's I'd also watch it uh, way quicker if it was the musician the musician Beck, Beck from would, the 20th would, century. That would be great. Yeah, um, and it's weird because he's like twice as tall as him for no reason. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is weird. It is very weird. And in the all god scenes, it looks fine because they're all the same size. And then all the all human scenes, it's fine. But when they're in a scene together, it looks mental. <laughs> it looks absolutely mad. So what what happens in this movie, Mario? Well, they can turn Transformer-esque as well into their animal representations and have a fight. So, oh, for fuck's sake. There's lots of CG. So anyway, Ben, uh, Osiris, who's the king of the gods. Yeah. Uh, he has decided to retire and he's going to pass on the king of Egypt ship. Uh, this is in Egypt with no Egyptian people, by the way. But he's passed on the Are king of Egypt. They're, they're all, you know, they're Australians. <laughs> it was filmed in Australia on an Australian grant. They're, they're all oh. Australians. And Jerry B. And Nicholas Costa. Oh, Walder dear. And Young. Um, so they're in, a, they're in Australia anyway. And they're in Egypt and in a winky face. And at the, at the ceremony, Seth shows up, Ben. Jerry Butler. Famous Egyptian Jerry Butler. And he uh, kills Osiris, Ben. Oh, what a dick. And he plucks out Horace's eyes. And he takes over. Uh, yeah, and then a couple of years later, a young street thief called Beck, who Aladdin. just just call him Aladdin for God's sake. Uh, his his girlfriend is killed. Oh no! Yeah, and uh, he goes to Horace, and they make a deal that he'll help Horace get his eyes back if Horace helps um helps him to bring his girlfriend back. Kinky. Yeah, it's kinky. It, it actually is a little kinky. It's it's uh. It's beautiful people doing beautiful things, the likes of which you don't see in films very much anymore. It's it's it has a nineties exploitativeness to it. Speaking of nineties exploitativeness, oh no, and we're not there people, yet. Michael. Hold on, hold oh, on. Michael, that was a second. perfect segue. I know, but hold on. Um, it's a weird film, but there are some brilliant things in it. Ra, Ra is the grandfather of the of Horus, right? And he's the sun god. And he's basically out of the picture because he's in oh. a giant chariot circling the world, towing the sun, fighting the demon Apophis. But that's Apollo. And, well, that's Ra as well. That makes sense. In fact, uh, some someone wrote, I can't remember who it wrote, but uh, some Roman wrote, they, they call, their name for Apollo is Ra. Or maybe it was Horus. But anyway, um, there's some fascinating aspects to it like that. That are really cool. Ra on his giant boat in the sky, traveling around a flat earth, pulling the sun behind him, fighting off this giant demon Apophis. Brilliant. But then any of the drama about the the the, the young Aladdin surrogate trying to bring his sexy girlfriend back because she got shot. Oh God, it's terrible. It's a terrible film. It's hard to watch. Oh, it's got I'm some, sorry, Michael. It's got some cool concepts and cool designs. But God Almighty's God's Almighty Ben, the plot is nice. dreadful. It's a nice. slog. It's an absolute nice slog. Ugh. Anyway, go on. Speaking of nineties exploitiveness. Speaking of nineties exploitiveness <laughs> and horny dead god people. Yeah. Michael, my first introduction to this, any of this, was probably in nineteen ninety nine's The Mummy with one Brendan Fraser. One Brendan Fraser, one Rachel Weiss, and my favourite actor and yours, John Hanna. 
John Hanna, what a win. What a win. Now, Michael, I want to set this up in a very clear way. We're right. going to set this up because then we had 2017's ill-fated The Mummy. Yeah, okay? not as good. Not as good. And I think there are several reasons for that. We're going to get into it now. Right. Now, before we begin, we should note that the depiction of Egypt in The Mummy is a British fiction writer's wet dream. Yes. Okay, it's bloody primal savagey Egyptian people saved yeah, by strapping American man and demure English lady. Mm. Okay. Although she is half Egyptian. She is half Egyptian, and that's mm. very important. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, in this, uh, the ancient priest Imhotep... Imhotep. Make sure, you say, to... make sure you say it properly, Ben. They never in these movies say an Egyptian word without being dramatic. Im- Imhotep. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Good. Okay, so. Hamunatra. Hamunatra, yeah. So Imhotep and Hamunatra have been going at it. Okay. No, Hamunatra is the city. And Uxunamun oh, no, is the lady. Oh, yeah, sorry, I mixed it up. So wait, which one's the city? Hamunatra. Hamunatra. And which one's the young one going at it? Anuxunamun. Anuksunamun, so Imhotep and Anuksunamun <laughs> yeah. have been going at it on the sly behind the pharaoh's back. Tut, yeah. tut, tut, yeah. tut. Oh, very good. Get it. Yeah, that's Get very it. good. Oh, that's the best pun of the whole episode. Nailed it. Nailed it. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, they've been going at it on the sly. Let's wrap it up there. Why would we, why would we go any further? That's brilliant. You've hit the nail on the head. You've, you've, you've peaked in terms of uh, ancient Egyptian puns. It's... That's it. That's Everything it. else is a waste of time after that. I can go no further. Um, so, they've been running around behind the pharaoh's back and Imhotep only goes and gets himself caught. Yeah, uh, yeah. And his poor, his poor missus, uh, yeah. next... Uh, Anuksunamun. She, she's killed. Oh, yeah. She does and he's mummified. And his entire goal is pretty much the plot to Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, where he travels across the oceans of time to be with her again. Yes, but to do that, true, he actually. has to sacrifice a stack of people yeah. and kind of eat them all up and get turned back into the mummy. Nom, 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 One nom, of the nom. interesting things here, Michael, yes. is that the main message of this is, hey, how about you don't fuck around and desiccate other people's culture? How about yeah, you don't do alone. that? Leave it alone. Huh? None how of this about would you happened. don't go around acting the bollocks and maybe if you don't do that, bad things won't happen. So yeah. there's a nice post-colonial kind of middle finger. Yeah, And yeah, I'm all yeah. for that. And that's what makes it interesting to me. And then we get to see a depiction of... Egypt that is still a little bit verging on the Egypt is still ancient theme, but it is set in 19... It's set in the 20s. 26, I think. Oh, it's set in the 20s. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, set, it's, it's, it's in the right pre- at the, the peak of war. all that kind of plundering archaeology stuff. Um, Brendan Flasier plays... What's his name? Rick Rick Tugon O'Connell. Oh, Rick Tugon O'Connell. I've added in the Tugon myself. <laughs> Because he's always oh, nice. he's always lapping about the place he's with two guns. He's always lapping about the place, squeezing off a trigger. And my favorite thing about yeah. this is that he plays the bewildered kind of stumbling American, and he is constantly told, "You don't understand this. Shut up. Mm-hmm. You don't understand this. Shut up. <laughs> you don't get this. Shut up." <laughs> it's one of his least bumbling roles, actually. He, he's the, Rick O'Connell, and this is very competent. Yes, he does become a lot more bumbly and panicky in later films, and he gets a bit more Brendan Frasery. But he's your classic competent hero in this. Yeah, he's very much. He's very much. He he suffers from Star Lord syndrome a little bit, where they kind of get it right first time, and then you have a diminishing. And they dumb returns. him down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a good bit of Star Lord to him actually. Um, yeah, well, I suppose it'd be the other way around. There's a good bit of yeah. There's a good bit of Rick O'Connell to Star Lord. Two guns doing a lap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... I always assumed that Uncharted, the PS four three four game, was based largely on him. I always yeah. assumed that a lot of that DNA went in in there and kind of got mushed around. Anyway, yeah. one of my favorite things about this is the bloody villain. He's just so bloody menacing. Mm. He's a great villain. His weird, creepy thing where he has to get his intestines and stuff out of jars and then feed on people to get it back. Yeah. Um, to this day, I can't see a beetle larger than the size of a euro without freaking out and yeah. fearing that it's going to go under my skin. It'll um, go under your skin. Ahmed Jalili is there for some reason. He pops up in it as you go along. There's there's a little bit of othering with Egyptian people where all the Egyptian people are slightly underhanded and a little bit crooked. And yeah, and gnarly and gnarly. And that doesn't get rectified until later 
when we meet the Brotherhood who have kind of dedicated their entire lives to keeping Imhotep in his box. Yeah, and they have Ahmed Fair and he's very handsome. Ahmed Hare is a very handsome man. He's a very handsome man and he's competent and he's a good guy. And a lot of his guys get killed early goings because yeah. no one just speaks to each other. Yep, they could have a little open line of communication, lads. <laughs> yeah. Could have sort of nipped could it have in the everything out. One of my one of my favorite things about it is Evie. Uh, her her family name is Carnivan, Ben, and that is a, an homage to the people who discovered King Tut Tut Tut's tomb. Look at you. Oh, yeah. Look at you doing a little deep dive. Yeah. Little yeah, deep yeah. cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, a lot cuts. of people know a lot of people know that Ben, but uh, even Rachel Weisz's character in it, she, it, well, she is a classic damsel in distress, isn't she? Yeah. But she yeah. gets more competent in the second one. Although yeah, the second, but... the second one muddies the waters by having her be the reincarnation of. of yeah, all of a sudden she's uh, Francis. Somebody went back to the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula screenplay and went, oh. Oh yeah, let's just do let's that. Just have her, let's Can't just believe have... I missed this first time round. And you know what the best thing about the mummy is, Ben? What? So he gets reborn, right? So, well, okay, Anuxanamun is played by a Venezuelan act- actress. I forget her name, oh, and she's introduced in. Formative. I think the op- she's introduced in the opening scene, and it's a good old nineties exploitative. Yeah. She's essentially she's essentially in the nude. She's all hips. She's all nude, no nipples, but everything else is nude. Um. Like gods of Egypt in a lot of ways. But <laughs> one of my favorite moments in it is, and this is never explicitly stated, but I've now seen this film so many times I've noticed it. The first person that Imhotep kills is a part of the American expedition and he has glasses on and he's incredibly short-sighted. Yes. And Imhotep takes his eyes and puts them in himself. Terrible choice. Then he sees Evie and he thinks she's a nooks on the moon because she's short-sighted. The whole thing happens because he's short-sighted. It's That's brilliant. The, premise of the, film. the whole premise of the film happens because you're watching this guy bumbling around with his glasses and you're going, why are they focusing on this idiot's glasses so much? And it all just comes together because he sees a vaguely brunette woman about the right height and goes, a nooks on the moon? <laughs> in a weird zombie voice because that's yeah, very yeah, cause important yeah because he's still a zombie at that stage yeah is that Billy Zane it is Billy Zane isn't it it's not Billy Zane it's Arnold Vosloo is it yes I always thought that was Billy Zane no it's not Billy Zane it, it, you could be you could be forgiven they they have similarities they Arnold have similarities. Vosloo, um Arnold Vosloo initially saw the the script and was like I don't want to be in this this looks stupid uh and they convinced him because in a in a meeting he said well if I'm doing it I'm playing it completely straight Oh, nice. And it's probably the best decision of the whole film. Yeah, it definitely is. He's not camp at all, which kind of sets him apart from a lot of that trope of yeah. the kind of foreign villain and stuff like that. There's not really a lot of campness to that. That's why he's so bloody menacing. Yeah, he's great. And the effects kind good. of hold up. They do. The effects in the first one hold up. In It's the second one where they introduce the rock yeah. as the Scorpion King and they oh, rendered God. it using a PlayStation 1. Oh, and that God. was probably a bad decision. Yeah, it wasn't great. But Michael, funnily enough, that was quite a good film. And I think that's where 2017's bloody Tom Cruise weird reboot thing falls down. Because all the moral or all the kind of true line of the first film where it's like, well, you should be fucking around other people's cultures. Maybe you should take a step back and let people who actually understand the culture do all the work. Maybe you shouldn't be a tomb pilfering dickhead and just kind of Mm. get on with your life and do all that. That's all dispensed with to where we go. Ah, Tom Cruise, you lovable rogue. Yeah, Mm. look at him. He's he's fine. He's really good at running and he's got a cool smile. One of my favorite things about that, Michael, is these two lads are in the military and nobody bats an eyelid when they go around plundering tombs while they're on business for the American oh. military. That bloody wouldn't surprise me, Ben, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there, there is no morality to it. And the, I think the biggest flaw in the 2007, is the 2017's The Mummy? Yeah. Is that they, yeah, make, they make The Mummy below Tom Cruise. It's ridiculous. What's her name again? Amonet? Amonet. I can't, I can it's, it's Amonet. They make her, and she's this horrible, terrifying, threatening mummy, but then he just beats her up and steals her powers and becomes the incarnation of the god Seth. It's like, yeah, oh. I, I'm just like, uh, get out of here. They also Don't kind of fucked it. that up because Seth isn't the god of death. No. They he's keep the going god. on about the god of death. Anubis is the god of death. In he's, the god of, uh, he's the god of deserts and being a prick, as we established yeah, earlier. Yeah, deserts and being a prick. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's just a mess. But you lose all of that mm-hmm. um, because there's no, there's no, there's no flaw in kind of stealing from tombs and stuff like that. In fact, it happens at the start and it happens again at the end. They go off to steal another fucking tomb. And you're just yeah, like, it's, lads. It's, yeah. it's no good. It's no good. Lads. It's no good. Um, we had some suggestions from listeners, Ben. We did. Do you want me to read those? Do you have, them, do you have, you, do you have them written down there? I, I, I'll get them now. Just you spin your wheels there for you two eighths of a second. Forward. One of my favourites, Ben, was a Sega Saturn game. <laughs> and I don't know where this is going. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a Sega Saturn game. And it was a Sega Saturn shooting game, Ben, um, from the olden days Go called on. Exhumed. That's a great name for a video game. Uh, in in the in uh, in in North America, it was called Power Slave, but Exhumed is a much better. Oh, um, Power Slave is messy. It's a bit. Why would great. Americans choose that? It's a weird. It's a weird. Why name. did they think that would go well? I think it was a Japanese company anyway. But um, in that you play like a, uh, you're exploring Egypt, and it's got you know the the, the old terrible graphics from the nineties, but um, you you nip around Egypt killing uh, monsters and. Anubis Seth headed monsters and Great. it's cool. It's really cool. I, really it was cool. it was one of my early introductions to you know playing in the the Western vision of of ancient Egypt. Nice, nice power. So slave. speaking of Western name. visions of Europe or yeah. Western visions of uh, Egypt, we have quite a few here. Michael, uh, noted enemy of the podcast and all round bad bloke, uh, Pup and Riker said Stargate, which we covered. Indiana yeah. Jones has a little bit of that. The famous scene in the market where Miriam gets bundled into a bundled into a basket and taken off, and there's monkeys and fezzes and oh, all fezzes, kinds of stuff. Yeah. Was that Morocco? Was that Egypt or Morocco? I think it was Morocco, but I think it's. In terms of representation, probably a little bit muddled in, in the in the eighties. In the eighties, yeah. this is in not the, the opinion of Benjamin Benjamin Colopy. It was all the same in the eighties, wasn't it, Ben? It's all the same in the eighties, Michael. Yeah. Everything, everything was shot. Any kind of Egyptian thing was shot in Morocco, anyway. Yeah. So um, I think um, now that you've said it, I think the mummy was shot in Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense when you think about it. So he also said that thing with Tia Carrera, to which you said party on Shane. Party on Sharth, which I thought was very funny, Michael. Yeah, because I actually Wayne. let out a little guffaw. Yeah, he meant good. Relic Hunter, which was a weird Sky One drama starring Tia Carrera, where she was kind of like a sexy female Indiana Jones. She was. She was Lara Croft. Yeah, she was Lara Croft and Indiana Jones if they had a baby. Yeah. And then um, Brian's action figures came in with an absolute win. Mummies Alive, which was a fantastic cartoon from the 90s in the vein of gargoyles and yeah. power rangers yeah. and thundercats basically all of those things thundercats it was weird techno zombies that came mm. back from the dead it was excellent they were good uh, eggs though weren't they they were good eggs they were all heroes yeah yeah, they were yeah. All heroes. you had your big powerhouse mummy kind of the chunky boy there was yeah, yeah. a mummy dog there was like um there was like a teenage mutant ninja turtles nerd mummy it was, oh yeah it classic, was a whole yeah. thing it was, it was great yeah. It was great. Then Nine Wassies came in with the, uh, the the classic kind of watch list from the 60s and 50s. The Ten Commandments starring Charlton Heston as Moses. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yul <laughs> Brynner as Ramses, which is just a win. Um, Liz this Taylor as Cleopatra in 1963, which was at that point the most expensive film in history. Um, and then, yeah, it's just uh, he came in with those, which are the depictions of... Uh, the Western depictions of uh, Egypt, <laughs> very much just white people with a coat of bronzer on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and weird. obelisks. And it's so many obelisks. Bloody obelisks. There's everywhere. your obelisk. There's your obelisk. Oh, man. Mental stuff. So thank you to all the listeners who sent in. Michael, shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, Benjamin. You usually Let's do that. Bloody wrap it up. That is me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What do you think of our Egyptomania? Did we miss anything? Do you think anything else should be included as we go along? What do you think should have been included in our list? Get in touch with us in the following places. You can find us at seanrebeag.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. If you don't like the old-fashioned interwebs, you can find us on the uh, social medias at Instagram, at seanrebeag, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. Still means tiny room in Irish. Roughly speaking, yes, it does. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to us on YouTube, leave us an L comment, like, and subscribe. If you're listening I to do. us on Apple Podcasts, yes. give us a review. Give us one. 
give us a review or we'll come back and haunt you and Mick will get the wrong eyeballs and he'll be short-sighted and there'll be comical farces ensuing. Be a yeah, whole thing. Be terrible, terrible. You don't, you don't, look, you don't have to love us in the review. Just give us five stars and then write a terrible review about us in the actual yep. comment section. It's fine. Just give us the five stars. We just want the five stars. Just okay. give, us give us the five stars. If you listen to us on Spotify and you think any of your friends might enjoy this particular episode, don't forget to hit the share button. You can put us in your Instagram story that all your pals can listen along. Do you know what? You don't even have to give us to all your pals. You can just send it to one of your pals. Every little helps. Yeah. Every little helps. Any any single one. That's it. If you've had enough, uh, if you haven't, if you haven't had enough of us this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to us again this very Wednesday, where we'll be doing collecting issues on something we haven't decided yet. Have um, we not decided? So, oh no! no there, there'll be a mystery collecting issues this Wednesday, um, and that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. A goodbye, ura ura ra ura ura ra. Here's a mummy.